All the priests were on retreat this last week, and our retreat master was Bishop Cousins, which was awesome because he's in charge of the National Eucharistic Revival. So this Feast of Corpus Christi marks the beginning of year two of the Eucharistic Revival. Well, what is a revival? Think of a tent revival. It's about a religious awakening. It's about bringing back to life something that's dead. And so the bishops of the United States want to revive the church, refocusing, reawakening Eucharistic amazement, the awe and miracle we have of Jesus' real presence in the Eucharist. Now, did you know Pope Leo XIII did this about 125 years ago? He also wanted to awaken a love for the Eucharist. So he reigned as Pope from 1879 to 1906. He's living in these kind of turbulent times. The Enlightenment was still going on. A lot of intellectuals were turning from the faith. Atheism was on the rise. And then remember, Pope Leo XIII has this mystical vision where he sees that the devil is going to be given enormous power in the 20th century. It was Pope Leo XIII that, that instituted saying the St. Michael prayer at the end of Mass. Well, of all the problems that Pope Leo could have focused on, he said, we need to return to the heart of our faith. What is the heart of our faith? Or better yet, who is the heart of our faith? It's Jesus really present in the Eucharist. So Pope Leo XIII wrote an encyclical on the Eucharist called Of Wondrous Love. In a similar way, the bishops today, what are the problems they could focus on? They could focus on the priest scandals. They could focus on the division in the United States. They could focus on the confusion. People are confused today about what marriage is, about gender ideology. You could go on and on about all the problems the bishops could focus on today. But instead of all those, they say, we need to return to the heart. We need to refocus on Jesus. He's the answer to all of our problems. And so we're having a Eucharistic revival. Turn back to Jesus. Raise Jesus up. He's right here in the Holy Eucharist. Amazingly, the Holy Spirit is doing something right now in the church in the United States. Because this is not just happening among Catholics. Do you know, recently, evangelical leaders of Protestant churches are saying, you know what? We need to turn back to Holy Communion. I want to share with you something Pastor Ronnie Chan shared. He's a big-time evangelical pastor in the United States, and this is quoting him. For the first 1,500 years after Jesus' earthly ministry, the body and blood were always central when Christians gathered for worship. They were in awe of the meal and were excited to participate as one body. But 500 years ago, Zwingli moved communion off to the side, putting a wooden pulpit at the center of worship. He goes on, for the first 1,500 years, everyone believed in the real presence of Christ, in the bread and the cup. Benny Hinn is a 
Big time Pentecostal healer. Now you can look this up on YouTube. You know what he said recently? He said there are more healings happening in the Catholic Church than the Pentecostal Church. And he said, you know what I want to know why this is happening? It's because of the real presence of Jesus that the Catholics have in the Holy Eucharist. Something amazing is happening in America. The Holy Spirit is turning us to acknowledge and exalt Jesus right here in the Holy Eucharist. So the heart of our faith is not a priest or a preacher. We don't put the priest at the center of the sanctuary. The heart of our faith is not a book, as important as the scriptures are. The heart of our faith is not the commandments, as important as those are to guide our lives to happiness. The heart of our faith is a person. It's Jesus Christ, truly present here. Jesus doesn't mince words in that gospel we just heard. He says, my flesh is true food and my blood is true drink. When a validly ordained priest prays those words of consecration at the Mass, the same words Jesus prayed at the Last Supper, the bread and wine are really changed into the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus Christ. So it's no longer bread, it's no longer wine, it's truly the risen Lord under the appearance now of bread and wine in the Holy Eucharist. Bishop Cousins said, discipleship now begins with an encounter, an encounter with Jesus. But the problem today is many Catholics are receiving Holy Communion without really encountering Jesus. Bishop Cousins used the story of the woman suffering with hemorrhages. You know the story. Suffered for 12 years. She's in a big crowd and she thought, if only I can touch the hem of Jesus' cloak, I will be healed. And Bishop Cousins said, there was a huge crowd of people. A lot of people were touching Jesus. In fact, the apostles, they say, Lord, you asked who touched you. Can't you see all the people pressing in on you? Thousands of people are touching you. But only one person encountered Jesus. Only one person was healed. It was the woman with hemorrhages because she was approaching Jesus with faith. She believed Jesus was God. And she was approaching Jesus from a place of her suffering and need, reaching out, really believing that he would heal her. She approached Jesus with a repentant heart. And this is the way we are to come up and encounter Jesus in the Holy Eucharist. We approach Jesus with faith. The heart is the organ by which we see God is from the heart. And that's the way we want to approach Jesus tonight. From the heart, every time we receive Holy Communion, you know the word belief, the root word of the belief is heart. To believe means to put your heart into something. And so approach and encounter Jesus here from your heart in the Holy Eucharist. Now you know what happens when we encounter Jesus? We receive our identity. We come to know who we are when we encounter the Lord. And so, who do we find out that we are when we encounter Jesus? We find out that we are the bride of Christ and we are the body of Christ. Two main identities flowing from the Eucharist. First, 
the bride of Christ. Jesus is the bridegroom. If you ever doubt God's love, it's right here at every Mass that we discover how much we are loved. The bridegroom, Jesus, has given up everything for you and me. He says at every Mass, this is my body given up for you. He's laid down his life for you. So much does he love you. The whole plan of salvation is a wedding. God wants to wed his people and this wedding begins in our baptism. This is why we are clothed in our baptism with a white garment, a wedding garment. No accident then that when we make our first Holy Communion, we dress up like a wedding. Because it's right here in the Eucharist that we consummate our baptismal covenant over and over. We're wed to Jesus right here in the Holy Eucharist. Think of the word communion to be in union with. It's right here that we're united with Jesus. And you know what the fruit of communion is? It's life. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood will live forever. Now, a marriage is meant to be a mutual self-giving. So yes, we rightly focus that Jesus is giving his life to us. But then guess what? Brothers and sisters, he wants us to give our lives back to him. We have to offer our lives to God. One parishioner shared their witness with me. They said, at every offertory, he says, I consciously pray and offer my life to God. And then he says, I grab a hold of my wife and I say, Lord, I offer you my wife. I offer you all my children. I offer you, Lord, everything that I have, all my belongings, my possessions, all my money, it's all yours. Everything I have belongs to you. And I offer everything to you, Lord. Do not let the offertory go by without really making this your prayer, my prayer. When we bring up the gifts of bread and wine, the offertory money, this represents our whole lives. So let's pray at every Mass, Lord, I'm offering you my life. And then Jesus gives his life to us. And guess what? When two people give their lives totally to one another, they're wed and the two become one. In marriage, the two become one. And when you're wed to somebody, you share everything. This is good news for us, because if Jesus is sharing everything with us, it means when we're united with him in the Eucharist, we receive his divine life. We become Jesus. We become what we receive. The whole of the Christian life is to become an altar Christus, another Christ. And that happens to us in the Eucharist. We're transformed. We become Jesus. We're united with the Lord. And then encounter leads to identity, which leads to mission. We're sent forth from here to be the body of Christ in the world. So St. Teresa of Avila says, Christ has no body on earth but yours. Yours are the eyes with which he looks compassionately on the world. Yours are the feet with which he walks to do good. Yours are the hands with which he blesses all the world. So all of our activity, our apostolate, our social justice, our works of mercy, it all flows from the Eucharist. Encounter leads to identity, leads to mission. Look, we have a lot of people today who are lost. They don't know their purpose. They don't know their mission. 
We have a lot of people today confused about their identity. They don't know who they are. It all must return to an encounter. It's only when we encounter Jesus that we know who we are and that we know our purpose, what our mission is. We gotta return back to Jesus. We must exalt him right here in the Holy Eucharist.